0: Thank you for having me, Joe.
1: Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnansky, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome.
2: Thanks for having me, Joe.
1: There, you know what i knew it was gonna be like that i knew it was just gonna be matter of fact we've got things to do today That's you're right. not you're not pausing we gotta go
2: we gotta we have no um spare time today this is this is <laughs> it's still gonna take an hour and and 51 minutes but for a better reason than it normally does which is that we have yes. like a hundred special guests
1: <laughs> this is our this is our annual holiday draft and we have our wonderful collection of of amazing guests and it's very exciting you excited i'm you very make, excited
2: we and and it's a this is an all-time record there's more people this year than there have been at any previous year and by any previous year i mean last year because that's the only other year we've done this
1: no we've done it two years is and that true year we, yes yes we had our first one how could you forget our first draft of christmas music you could you could never or holiday music sure uh
2: that's the only one i remember. remember what was the other one <laughs>
1: Uh, we did holiday characters where linda oh, tried to right. uh, take over the world remember so That's right. so we'll get to all of that uh, as we go um but we we need to get right into it we we don't have time to talk about how terrible the browns are so um what i'm going to do is i'm going to introduce our amazing guests uh in the order that uh they will be drafting right. so so i i just so everybody understands uh, with the help of uh Arthur Anderson, I I picked this draft uh list very, very carefully out of a hat, mm-hmm. completely random, just, just so everybody knows. And with the number one overall pick will be Brandon McCarthy. Brandon, welcome. Hi guys.
0: Thanks for having me again.
1: Brandon, it's it's first of all, you getting the number one pick brought me great delight. Just just because I I you need to be the one to kick this thing off. <laughs> uh, but before we before we get into that, there is one thing that specifically we have to discuss with you. Um, because a couple of weeks ago you you were you were granted an extraordinary uh how would you say it like an extraordinary entry into a, a whole new world. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, that's probably the best way. I, there's no real way to sum this up with human words. You need, or you need like the German words where they mean something completely complex, <laughs> but they're one with the two <laughs> syllables. That's what we need to describe. But I, it, was, it was offensive that Mike even forgot the first draft, and that's where we got the gift of Trans-Siberia Orchestra.
2: No, that was the one so- I remembered. I forgot the character one. Um, but explain, so Joe arranged something very special for you That you then not only attended but sort of like live texted us while it was happening and I feel like we should even though we have a hundred other guests we should take it just a second for you to explain exactly what it was that you experienced.
0: We got a I got an email which I assumed when I first read it I thought it was a prank email from someone behind the scenes at Trans-Siberian Orchestra inviting inviting me and some guests out to, to one of their shows when they came to Phoenix and Later on in the day, you guys were just giddy with joy trying to get my response to this. And then I realized, okay, I have to take this seriously. Um, so sure enough, a few weeks later, uh, my wife and I, we went to we went to a show. And I, of course, I love Christmas in Sarajevo and some of their other songs. Are, but like as you go down further in their catalog, you, I have no idea what I'm getting into. <laughs> and before we go in, we find out this is a two and a half hour show. And that's that's not small that's a very long time for what's essentially christmas rock uh anthems i am not really sure either way we we knew we were in for it i mean we sit down and and they they've set us up it's it's a fantastic setup they actually give us four seats for two people which is great because that gives me leg room so i i started off really pleased and um it's there's a whole setup on stage where it's just lights and you can tell we're really getting into something and it, and it starts and it is <laughs> It is somehow we'll have to kind of like put together some of the videos from that text thread because there's, there's lasers, lights, there's tons of fire. There's a narrator, right? That's, that's insanity. Most of their songs have words and are sung by a myriad of different artists. Uh, There's it's, it's a very confusing two and a half hours. It turns out that Christmas in Sarajevo is only about two and a half minutes long. Yeah. And I don't remember it being that short. So that just sort of happens in the middle and you're like, you know, tapping my wife's leg, like, huh, this is it, this is it. And then it ends you're like, oh, <laughs> there's a lot more to this now. So um, I didn't realize they were dedicated. There are people who, I mean, they are truly, truly, truly into Trans-Iberian Orchestra. They sure. travel around they see it. I, they only perform for seven weeks a year and these people will go see them in multiple cities. And if they have back-to-back shows on a day, they're there for both. It was the row in front of us contained some of the most interesting people I've ever seen in my life. That we would have, never... I mean, most of it looked exactly like what you would expect, which is like a ZZ Top concert let out, and all the, the lookalikes have, have filled an arena. <laughs> but the row in front of us was so interesting. It was like this. It was like a government commercial. It was multi-diverse. There was people of everything, and loving it, absolutely into it. And so we were, we were blown away. But it was, it was a lot. I think the Very key, the, the
2: key to try to make people understand this is that. It's not. It wasn't just a concert. Like you were sending videos, and at one point, like I think halfway through or maybe two thirds of the way through, it wasn't even music. It was a sort of like there was sort of like a resuscitation going on. There were just people sort of talking, and it was almost like a play, kind of right? Like it, it wasn't really music at a certain point.
0: Yeah, that was the narrator who kept the thing going, but you weren't really sure what he was talking about. I guess he. <laughs> it, it's like a some. I don't know. It's this concert starts out in a bar, it's so it's like a play. There's like a set with the lights done up where they're in a bar, and that the narrator starts talking, and that already throws you off. And it's it's they keep circling back to him, and it's almost like he would introduce the next song with I don't know. I'd have to probably see it three or four more times to get an idea of what I was what I was looking at. But that's what I had to send you guys. I was like, you have to see this part.
1: It's by the way, that can be arranged, yeah. that seeing it three or four more <laughs> times, I I know some people, no, it's, I've, one of the great joys of my life is that, is that with, with a, a great friend that we were able to set up for you to go see Trans-Siberian Orchestra, you are, you are among, they, they have millions and millions of fans, and yet you are among their highest profile fans, so, so you getting to see it, and then you sending us the incredibly confusing <laughs> set of videos... <laughs> it was was, was so joyous to me it was so it really
2: was it was it was every single time a text came through it just delighted me to no end because because it was also like tracking your personal emotional and intellectual understanding of the event which was slowly decreasing (laughs) over time as like well now i don't know what this is and then it was just like a nine second video grainy video (laughs) of just people milling, seemingly just milling around a stage kind of, and talking about something in a, and the people just very intently listening. And I, I like to imagine that you thought you were going to basically hear two hours of Christmas in Sarajevo or whatever it's called, but instead you got something very different and it really, and then at some point you bailed, right? You, you left early, you and your wife left a little early because you had had your fill of TSO.
0: They had, so they've, the original program i guess this is maybe like an hour 45 and then they come out and they introduce everybody in the band which is it's a lot there's like 50 and people in the band <laughs> it's just it's just nonstop, and and so al Patrelli's is on stage and he's describing everything and, and taking you through everybody and then he's like it's one of those okay you realize you're at a rock concert like we're going to really get into it and then now it becomes they've just dipped the christmas pretense it's <laughs> like we just want to do our rock background So they have a Tesla machine back there, and it's just spitting off fire. The whole there's uh, fire guns behind them. It's just it's just a pyro wizard's dream, and and then they're just sort of playing a bunch of music. So we knew there were about five minutes left in the show, and you're looking at we're sitting in the middle of the arena, and it was like, well, I've really got to pee. She's got to pee. Let's let's sneak out now. So like we we beat the traffic. We can still you could still hear it from the building next door. So we were going to be fine there, but. So we, we did sneak out a few minutes early, which we felt bad about. But I think it was probably four
1: of the best.
2: Oh, just, just what delightful.
1: Joy. What, what joy! Just so much delight. All right, well, the second pick will be our good friend Mike Desenzo. Hi,
3: Mike. Hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing well.
2: How many Trans Siberian Orchestra concerts have you seen recently?
3: <laughs> and can you zero, please describe them? Zero Trans Siberian Orchestra anecdotes for you,
1: <laughs> man. <laughs> what do you bring it to the table. Exactly. Here. No, it's great to it's great to it's great to have you on there. Everything's going well in your life. We you know we we're checking in on you. It's been uh it's been a year or so since you uh left uh as showrunner mm-hmm. of
3: the tonight show. Everything's going great, right? That's right. Just uh just wrapped filming on a pilot I'm working on and now we're just in in the edit, so but it's going well. That's good. Weren't you learning how to play piano? Didn't you tell us that I last took, year? I took piano lessons in my time off. I took tennis lessons, and I, I tried to learn about cheese. Mm. I'm sorry? What's, what was <laughs> <laughs> I got everything to the cheese part. That was the you part got the
2: that cheese part. Play. That was all it was. He just was he's learning about cheese. <laughs>
3: there's a great cheese. There's a great Christmas cheese you should try. It's a Norwegian brown cheese called Brunost. All right, save it for
1: the draft. All right, with our, with, our, with our third pick, we have the ultra-delightful, best-selling author, Linda Holmes. Linda, how are you?
4: I am fine. I'm so happy to be with you. Um, I want to introduce myself by reading a tweet, a recent tweet from my friend Mark Hirsch, who said, Like them or loathe them, you've got to respect Mannheim Steamroller and Trans-Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> For recognizing that there was a market for Christmas music that sounds like belligerent snowmen laying siege to your city by shelling you with sleigh bells shoved into mortars.
1: I, I might have it wrong. That doesn't sound complimentary to me. Am I wrong about that?
4: I think, uh, as I said, I think it's just a statement of fact. You know, he's a music critic, so I think he's just trying to get at the truth uh complimentary or not Linda, anyway so that's my intro
2: i feel like i owe you an apology because on a previous podcast a couple years ago we spent the time trying to figure out a baseball team for you to root for and i yeah. i gave uh, you uh a, a, what i oh, thought was a very yeah. convincing argument that the team you should root for was the astros because of their uh yeah. of their roster and their talent they were so exciting and now it turns yeah. out that they've been uh cheating essentially continuously for since like 2016 <laughs> by banging on yeah. garbage cans and taking videos and stuff uh, as the, as a fan they of a different they sports franchise that cheats a lot and takes videos of people a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm very sorry for if you adopted the Astros, which I think you sort of did maybe, you know? Yeah,
4: I did. But then fortunately this year, um, you know, somehow very close to the end of the postseason, uh, I decided to root for my hometown, hometown team of team of the Washington Nationals. Um, so, you know, what's not so like about that?
1: I
2: mean,
4: yeah, it worked out pretty well for you, by the way, the
1: I, I don't think you can talk about the Astros' uh, awfulness without saying it's not just cheating. I mean, they they, they have they have guys yelling at women. Yeah. For, oh yeah. You we're know, domestic. Right. Abuse. A worse I mean, they, they, a worse they, scandal they
2: broke cheated. out first <laughs> that involved yeah. actual sort of like human cheating, like being bad as humans, and then later it was like, oh, also we've been banging on trash cans and stuff. So I they
4: did not cover themselves in glory no, this year. No. no.
2: But congrats no, to your nationals! That's great man. news, and I feel like you should stick with it, them.
4: It was great, yes. and it, it it really was. It was great. They're they're my well, my family's favorite team. So there you go. Well, that's
1: good. And you've you've suffered so long with them that it, it feels right that you should get that World Series title in the first five minutes that you cheer for them.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it was, <All> right. it, <laughs> it, was <laughs> it was great. It was great.
1: It was great. When the and the baby shark thing is that not like like the sweetest fun like thing i mean that's you can only do that like the first year and then after that, yeah. Gets you you're I mean, I think,
4: that yeah i mean i think yeah i think the nationals managed to end the season still seeming like affable goobers which is yes. a, a nice exactly the kind of team that i like to root for
1: no absolutely
2: you right. definitely right, you, you'll forward. definitely never um uh be in trouble in terms of like you know bad people uh, being associated with your team if you root for a team from Washington, D.C. There's no chance <laughs> you're ever going to regret that, I think.
1: Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Our fourth pick belongs to... Um, Wait, I didn't pick.
2: No, we're just not doing introduction.
4: We're, oh, we're not picking yet. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Because we want to make this thing as well. You can tell I'm fast, paying so. attention. <laughs> <laughs>
1: With our fourth pick, uh, Alan Seppenwall. Hey guys! Uh, <laughs> wow, what did I- that was not. I, I, I'm so sorry, Alan. You deserved a much better introduction than that. But uh, but you got Garrett. You got uh, Cole. So none of us
5: feel good for you. Wait, the, the Yankees signed Garrett Cole.
2: Yeah, did you not hear?
5: Oh my gosh! what wow, no, that's great. That.
2: Yeah, good Congratulations. to see the
5: Yankees spending money. Okay, excellent.
2: <laughs> An email went out while we were organizing this draft In which I think Linda was the first person to propose That we just mercilessly boo Alan every time he talks <laughs> So we're not going to do that Because it would it would uh, extend this even longer than it's already going to go But just know every time you talk That in our heads we're booing you
1: Wow <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to say one nice thing about you, Alan, because first of all, you're a great guy. All right. That's Thank one you, nice Joe. Thing. Never mind. Um, <laughs> no, I do want to say that that it is it is I have not watched as Alan well knows. I, I do not watch television very much. Just just not for any specific reason other than I'm too busy blogging, I guess. But I just don't watch that much television. But Alan was so insistent about the awesomeness of Watchmen that uh I actually not only watched Watchmen but caught up enough so that that I got to see the finale last night live um and it was everything you said it was it it was it was absolutely incredible so thank you for that i'm going to say something oh like that's thank nice you. it was
5: really a lot of fun to be able to write about that for rolling stone every week it's a really one of my favorite shows in quite a while yeah
1: amazing all right with our with our uh, fifth <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's wow. you getting food the okay. rest of the time there's nothing good is gonna say <laughs> with with our fifth pick unfortunately uh she cannot be here but but she cared so much that uh she is uh still centering her picks to draft our fifth pick will be the ultra delightful megan amram and uh mike you will pick
2: that's me right correct. megan megan uh had an uh unreschedulable conflict but she has texted me her picks uh, they're exactly what you want out of Megan Amram. Uh So <laughs> when it comes to her spot, I will be uh, I will be picking for her.
1: With the sixth pick uh, here with us, the incredible Nick Offerman. Nick, how are you?
6: Hello, I'm good. Uh, Boo Allen. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's fair. Something That's fair. Worst. That's a good way to
1: start. Nick, how is everything going?
6: Everything's great. Thank you. I just finished uh, a 38-city tour of my comedy show, All Rise, um, and it was a lot of fun. Many people giggled severally mm. at my show.
2: <laughs> that sounds right. I was there yeah, one cool. of those times. I giggled uh, severally.
6: I appreciate
1: it. I I was there multiple times, and I giggled, uh, I, I would say sp- spectacularly mm. giggled through, throughout the show. It was... It was absolutely fantastic, absolutely fantastic show. Nick, thrilled to have you. And then with our seventh uh, pick, um, Mike, sure, Mike, you you have- yeah, yeah,
2: I've already uh, said some stuff, so we can move past <laughs> me now.
1: No, I just wanted to make the point that this is it's so bizarre that you always end up with the last. That is half. weird, I don't, I don't,
2: since you're doing it totally randomly. It is it is bizarre that that what always are the happens. Odds? Yeah,
1: no, like in fact, if one of our listeners want to come up with the mathematical odds. Uh, for this cause it seems bizarre to me, but it it's always happens that way. It's so yeah. strange. All right. So we are drafting this year. Um, holiday foods. That's, that is the only, the only uh, definition we have given people. And let's start right at the top with Brandon. Brandon, you have the first pick in our holiday foods draft.
0: Okay. I have no idea which way to go with this and, and just a little insight for anybody <laughs> For some reason, listening into this, I I asked right before we started recording, "Is we're doing foods, right? So that that shows how how prepared I've entered into this. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to be picking widely accepted popular foods, but I'm going with foods that I like, I guess, for the holidays, and uh, I'm fine with that. So for my first pick, (laughs) this this is the common favorite I think everybody loves, but it's Duck All Orange. That was... (laughs) I think that's, I think that's pretty universal that everybody eats that around the holidays. Um, Sure. My mom is a a highly accomplished um, cook or chef. And she, every year on Christmas Eve, while we were growing up up until about the last two or three years, she would make um, a full meal. It was like duck all orange and a whole bunch of sides. And and um, I I only realized later on in life, like around high school, that that wasn't a thing. I thought everybody, everybody (laughs) ate that. And then I only realized like. How ungodly complex it is to make that, and like, <laughs> one that duck is sort of like a ridiculous food in and of itself. But it, um, that's still like a taste of Christmas for me. And unfortunately, we don't do it anymore. But um, that's leading that's leading out for me because I just really enjoy it. I don't think I've ever had it anywhere else, by the way.
2: I mean, we are off to a rip roaring start. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The first pick in our holiday, <laughs> holiday food draft was Duck Dr. LaRange. All right. I, I I don't even know what to say. I mean, how does that compare with the TSO song being in the holiday song draft? Where, where do we rank
2: this? I right? mean, uh, it's perfect. It's a perfect choice. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it couldn't be better. As a means of pointing out exactly how stupid this entire exercise is. <laughs> it absolutely bullseyes what is stupid and pointless about what we're doing here today. I couldn't be a bigger fan of this pick.
1: <laughs> All right. I am writing this down, by the way. I am keeping up with what the uh, with everybody's picks uh, because we are going to do a little something uh, fun at the end That's of right. this uh, End of the end of this draft. So uh, I don't know how to spell Doc Laurange, but I'm going to go close. And Mike DeSenza, you have the second pick. Oh, You'll no. never
2: talk. No, you, I feel like we, it's almost like we should just shut this down. <laughs> we should just stop there and all concede that, that Brandon has won the holiday food draft.
3: You know, usually with the second pick, you're like, well, the first pick is going to be the, the number one thing. And now I, I, so I was prepared yeah, to not pick something else, <laughs> and you know, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go with my gut. I'm gonna start off with dessert, and I'm gonna go with pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin okay. pie. I love. Maybe it's because it only comes around, you know, during the holidays, but I just really enjoy putting it in my mouth. <laughs> which to me, is to me is the quintessential quality that you want in a food.
1: So will you, will you eat pumpkin pie the rest of the year? I mean, do you ever like, or is it just something that only tastes good at the holidays for you?
3: I feel like it's only really available mostly if you want really good fresh pumpkin pie in like October through December. Okay.
1: Mike, Mike uh, sure is going to hate, 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 hate this pick. No, you know
2: that I have the the one hot fruit uh, exception. The exception that proves the rule for me is pumpkin mm-hmm. pie because uh, I do like it, but um, it's not as good as duck a duck à l'orange. I mean, it's it doesn't say holidays the way the duck à l'orange says holidays. You know, I mean, it's
1: obviously, yeah, not.
2: it's fine. It's but a if, fine pick. It's the second. Yeah, but
1: <laughs> it's the second pick. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you, you know, there's only one first. Yeah.
2: Pick like when LeBron goes first, you know. everyone goes like, all right, well, who's, you know, what's the second best option here? And that's, I think, where Deach ended up.
1: Uh, it was a it, that's you. a fine pick, Mike D. That's a, it's an excellent pick. Linda, you have the uh third pick in the uh in the draft. And I. Sorry, Duck Larange is off the board, so you you're gonna have to go somewhere else.
4: You guys are very confusing today. Um, there's part of me that just wanted to pick three fruit pies. I really did just sure. want to pick three fruit pies uh, sure. in honor of of Mike, and I could have because I do enjoy uh some fruit pie, but uh since we are supposed to be doing holiday foods, and I am a rule follower. <laughs> uh, I am going to take uh, a nice shaped sugar cookie. Um, wow. my uh, I mean, did you say wow? This is the least it's the yeah, least. Said, wow. Said, it's right. the least wow <laughs> pick possible. So this is the this is your basic you take the, the just the the Christmas cookie cutter, you take your stocking or your wreath uh, or whatever, you cut them out. Uh, some people put frosting on them. I find that really hard. I just sprinkle them with sugar. It's much easier. Uh, you just get your little holiday sugar cookie. Uh, you can make them a little thicker, like a shortbread, or you can make them like paper thin, like my grandmother did. Uh, and, uh, and that's, that's my pick. I don't know. I guess I feel like I should pick something really unusual, but that's my pick.
1: Okay. Have you heard uh, Gary Gulman's uh, entire like ten minute
4: bit on how
1: terrible sugar cookies are?
4: Yes, I have. <laughs> it is. It is wrong. He is great, but it is wrong. Sugar cookies are great.
1: No, it is. No, it is. He's one hundred percent right. Did the, the, the two main points he makes about sugar cookies is one that it's the only cookie that it has to dress up as something else in order for people <laughs> to eat it. Like, oh wow, now I'm a Christmas tree. Now I'm a you know bush. But you know, so that's one. And then two, of course, the fact that all cookies or sugar cookies like you if, if there's no sugar it's a this cracker
4: is the, no, so, this is just because this is the result of people not having had good sugar cookies they've well, this is the result of wow people having had only sugar cookies that are all sugar and they should have an actual can flavor. i ask
3: which uh, which shape is your favorite
4: which shape is my favorite well right now just recently i bought a little um cookie cutter in the shape of a light bulb like mm-hmm. a christmas bulb mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's extremely key.
2: But do, you do understand, though, that like the shapes of sugar cookies is basically like like the different <laughs> colors of M and M's. Like they all still taste the but same. Some
3: shapes are that's more. Right. It, the like,
2: that's it, right. it, it, it doesn't make them taste better to yeah, have a certain of, shape. I, I would
3: say that like no. a Christmas tree is shaped like kind of like a dagger, and the, you start at the small end and you work your way up to the to the big end of the tree, which is a pleasing way to eat
2: is it i mean
4: i know it is not. Know I, none of this none of this is true nothing this, that is that sugar is true. cookies are like big time sugar cookies are like big time tv producers they're all fundamentally the same but some are better than <laughs> others <laughs>
2: all right well, i can't come back all from right.
1: that no that's 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 not come
5: backable from
1: all right uh, with our fourth pick, uh, ready to get booed, uh, Alan, what what do you got?
5: Why are you going to boo potato latkes? Potato latkes are delicious; they are a <laughs> delight. Every Hanukkah, there, you know, my wife takes out our big frying pan. She gets the one time a year we use our food processor is for her to take the potatoes and the onions and everything else and, and cook them up in a lot of oil. My my medical team does not approve of this pick, but it is one of my favorite foods for any particular time of the year, and I'm basically only allowed to eat them. At holiday time,
6: well,
1: I don't, I don't actually think you can boot. No, potato that's a, a good pick. That, that's 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 a good pick. That's just very very solid. You went, you now now here's the question: Would you have taken potato latkes if duck la orange was still on the board?
5: It's it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I've never literally eaten duck a la orange in my life, but it, I certainly would like to at some point. So I could have taken it first.
1: All right, that's fair. That's fair. All right, Megan has our next pick. So, uh, Mike, what what does Megan select with her first? Do you do you have to rearrange it because of duck on No, no
2: uh insanely duck on the was not on her board. Um, her first pick is hot cranberry sauce. Uh, here's what she, here's what she says. <laughs> yep, she knows what she's doing. She's, she's, <laughs> uh Here's what here's what she writes: tart and sweet and piping hot, delicious with every sort of main dish. I mostly just want Mike to have to say how good hot fruit is since I'm sending this by proxy. Yum, yum, yum. I love hot fruit. (laughs) My good friend, Megan Amram.
1: (laughs) Hot fruit, delicious. Hot cranberry sauce, delicious. We made our own this year, like actual homemade hot cranberry sauce. It was delicious. All right, Nick, you got our next pick.
6: All no, right. Well, this is rough. Uh did, <laughs> s- did someone took Duckle around <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Hold on, let me look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Brandon Sorry. took
2: it with the number one overall pick. Yeah.
6: Sure. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Still shuffling here. Uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with uh mm. with stuffing.
1: Ooh, stuffing. Okay. Um,
6: what kind? There, what kind? Uh, a little bit of wild rice and mushroom in, in the stuffing.
1: Mm-hmm. Ooh, um,
6: Right. But yeah, that, to me, when I think of holiday food, I think of the winter holidays and of that repast, it's the stuffing that I hope to load up on. Yeah. Yeah. As
2: always, Nick, you are a tremendous disappointment to me. explain stuffing is disgusting it's not good oh my god it's
4: it's disgusting it's
2: not good it's chunks of bread and and like herbs that no one ever 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 eats other than one day a year and if it it were any good at all people would eat it more than one day a year (laughs) but it's not actually good
4: (laughs) complete rehash of your anti-turkey argument
2: yes it's part of my anti-turkey argument it's part of my the thanksgiving is overrated the thanksgiving meal actually stinks argument it's not good like nobody ever eats it if it were any good at all if it were actually a good food you might think one day in march people go like oh you know what we should make is stuffing and you don't because it's not actually good you everyone has fetishized it because it is part of this big giant like savory meal that you eat on the fourth thursday of november but it's not no one actually likes it you just eat it because it's there and because you're supposed to it's like a forced everyone has like been forced to agree that this is what we do we eat chunks of dried bread and rosemary for no reason on the fourth thursday of every year and if you just take a step back and examine this rationally and with clear eyes and full hearts you will actually come to the conclusion that the dish is not good. It's not. It doesn't taste good.
6: I appreciate your point of view from one of your <laughs> coastal city food, <laughs> oh, <laughs> your elite gustatory uh, pedestal. But uh, the flyover states might disagree with you. Let's see what happens in the final record. I'm
2: literally I'm from the part of the country where this was invented, man. I'm from New England like that. I'm I'm from Mm. the place where stuffing was invented as a dish. I think I don't really so know. I don't I've done no research on this. <laughs> Citation needed. <laughs> I think, I think Snack of Julia brought it. <laughs> Stuffing stinks.
1: I like how you don't even call Thanksgiving Thanksgiving anymore. It's just like you're you're so anti-big Thanksgiving that you just uh, it just you just just uh, spit out. It's the fourth Thursday in November. That's basically all. That's all
2: it is. is. It's just this dumb tradition <laughs> that we all have to observe at the wrong time of year. Way too close to Christmas and Halloween. It's pointless. I don't want to get off. I can't do this again. I I've made this argument too many times, but Nick is wrong. Stuffing Mike, Would it
5: make you feel better if if I agreed with you on Thanksgiving? Yes,
2: thank you, Alan. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna cheer you now. I'm not. No more booing for Alan. <laughs> Nothing but cheers.
5: Wow. I hope Gary Colts twenty five games next year. That quickly. Uh, just... <laughs>
1: all right, Mike. You have the last pick of the first round. All right,
2: I'm choosing a peppermint bark. Um peppermint bark is the is the uh is the weirdest object that gets handed <laughs> around at uh, in December at, at Christmas time. It's bizarre. It has chocolate and white chocolate and, and pieces of crunched up candy canes. It shouldn't be any good because white chocolate generally speaking is disgusting and uh and those three things together when you hear them don't seem like they ought to taste good, but I have a friend named Lila Gerstein Who makes her own peppermint bark and she brings a giant tin of it to me every year and uh it is i find it irresistibly delicious i cannot stop eating it and i say to myself every year i'm not going to eat four pounds of peppermint bark this year because it's not good for my health Uh, but i can't stop it's like a crazy compulsion i love it so much and i don't particularly love candy canes i don't i hate white chocolate on its own i think white chocolate gnarly uh, but somehow that combination of three things to me, first of all, is delicious. And second of all, represents uh cold uh, December holiday times more than any other dessert. So I'm choosing Peppermint Bark and I see uh, th- th- my f- the rest of my time to people to make fun of me.
1: <laughs> yeah, th- that that was an absolutely terrible pick. What? Um, oh, terrible Peppermint Bark? I mean, you've you've made the case against Peppermint Bark in the actual case you made for Peppermint Bark. It's white chocolate and candy cakes.
2: I know. I know. It's amazing. It should be disgusting, and it's not.
1: (laughs) You know, if you put orange and duck together, you get something delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you topped him for the worst pick of the first round. I just like I'm sorry, maybe
2: I should have maybe I should have chosen chunks of disgusting bread and like sage that are stuffed into the butt of a turkey.
1: No, no, don't, no, Nick does not deserve your drive-by shooting on this. I mean, you made a terrible pick, Nick. Nick, you have a free reign here to to discuss uh, the peppermint bark choice.
6: I I I will simply say Mike has made his bed and he must now be made to lie. <laughs> peppermint. I can't
4: believe bark. you you use your first pick in the draft to pick something that you would like give your accountant for Christmas. <laughs>
2: you can make fun of me all you want out there in your coastal bubble, but here in the in the flyover states where I live, you know, there people people are real and they like things like peppermint bark and the cost of it is irrelevant it's the taste of it and what it represents
3: are you ever afraid to bite into it
2: no well that's part of the fun is the little pieces <laughs> of candy cane give you like give you a little crunchy it's like a little crunchy sugary kick
1: <laughs> the risk of breaking You're, you your can teeth. eat something terrible and chip a tooth yeah at the same time it's really really good mm-hmm. all right uh all right let's go back around <laughs> Brandon, you have the first pick in the second round. Well, this might
0: seem like I'm pandering because, you know, I, I, this is sort of, I mean, it's one of my favorites, but it's mm-hmm. probably going to cater to Mike because Mike hates all foods of all types around the holiday. <laughs> nothing, nothing will satisfy him other than apparently the same gift like your
1: realtor gives you and just stuffs in your mailbox, <laughs> whatever that is. But You throw out directly as soon as you pick it. You don't even open it. You just, just like, throw what it is out. this
0: garbage? So, and I, I think this is what Mike eats every day. I, I don't think he likes food in any way, but mine is the Soylent Original Drink. Um, <laughs> just a big thing. We, we love to sit around the fire and have that, you know, just drink the drink. It's the flavor that started it all, really. It's a light, sweet, and velvety smooth. 400 uh, calories and 26 vitamins and minerals with 20 grams of plant-based protein. And I think I think it's the only thing that hits everything Mike's looking for, which is just functional calories and then just move on to the next experience of his life. So that's my answer.
5: Wow. this
2: I have no problem with this pick. This is a great pick.
5: <laughs> You're all over this. Let me ask you a
2: question because it, it needs to be asked right now. Do you ever... Eat duck orange and drink soylent this, like for your beverage. Like, is that to combine the two?
0: If I'm extra hungry, as a as a treat, you might say, because I'm <laughs> skipping hot fruit in that scenario. So that's where I just that's where a good cold soylent comes just, into play.
2: Just a nice mug of room temperature soylent just to <laughs> duck orange.
1: <laughs> wow all right i you know what you never can tell where this thing is it couldn't go. be
2: going better this could not be going better
1: <laughs> getting, getting the getting the meal replacement that high in the draft i feel is is powerful and um wow all right <laughs> with, with, the, with the second pick uh in the second round which is going to be tough because apparently we're so out of food we're not taking meal replacement.
3: Mike, Mike DeCenzo, your, your, your pick? Oh, my goodness. Well, I will say that I expected stuffing to go off the board with the number one overall pick. I, I do love stuffing. I have to disagree with, yes, with Mike. Yes, thank it's, you. It's, but I will, for my second pick, I'm going to pick it a food that's – I don't even know if you would call it a food, but I think it's the, <laughs> the, the John Stockton to the stuffing's Carl Malone. I'm going to go with gravy. Gravy is something that elevates every, almost every ho- savory holiday food there is. Without gravy, turkey is nothing. Stuffing is not as good without the gravy. Mashed potatoes, without the little thing you make with the ladle to make the volcano crater of, <laughs> of gravy and the mashed potatoes. I mean, gravy just kind of makes everything else taste good around the holidays. And it comes See, in, in so any food that travels pack. in a boat.
1: <laughs> 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 very true very true so are you saying that gravy sort of covers up for the flaws of all other foods is that is that sort of I the think point so
3: i think it's just kind of like elevates everything it's like you know i don't know kenny lofton not a hall of famer but you put him on your your team and you're gonna make the playoffs i feel like gravy's
5: like that it's kind
3: of like
1: yeah, yeah. No, no. Gravy is just like Kenny Lofton. I think a lot no, of people No, it,
5: it seems to me gravy is more like a performance-enhancing drug because, you know, as Mike <laughs> described it, it's, it takes foods that are not good and it makes them good. Mm. So I don't mm. know how, how much that speaks to gravy or to the fact that a lot of these holiday foods are, in fact, as Mike has said, garbage. Yes, mm. this is
2: – you've made the main argument why this meal is overrated. <laughs> it's a bunch of tasteless foods that you have to pour – hot mm-hmm. beef milk with flour mixed into it over in order to make them edible. Turkey, no taste. Mashed potatoes, no taste. The only thing the only reason people by the way, stuffing, no taste. You have to put this you have to pour this thick tar-like liquid over everything just so you can choke it down while you're sitting with your family. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand why more people don't have this position. Gravy is is in really, really salty Thick stew that you Pour over all of the tasteless food Just so you can manage to choke it down Like I this is it's, you're Making my point I'm literally I'm Sitting here listening to you make My point about why Thanksgiving meal stinks
1: I'm, I'm, with, I'm with And, you, and you're, with you. you're so you're so You're very supportive Of of Mike I'm,
2: I mean it, It's like if the draft were like Holiday foods that make Bland tasteless holiday foods Edible <laughs> that's a good pick, but I still, it itself is not, it's not even a food. It's like, uh, it's, it's, it's like not, a, you it's know, when they, you know, when they, now. um, when they give horses pills and they stroke their necks so that they'll like <laughs> stimulate the, the, the reflex that the esophageal reflex that gets them to take the pill. That's what gravy is. That is the, what exactly what gravy doing? is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, that's what it is. It's the thing that you pour on the disgusting food so that you can manage to eat it. And then everyone goes, wow, that was really good. That stuffing and mashed potatoes and turkey was so good, wasn't it? You didn't taste them. You tasted the gravy.
1: It couldn't save peppermint bark. All right. Uh, with our third uh, pick in the second round, uh, Linda, boy, no choices for you left on the board.
4: I, I am baffled. By how the, In the spirit of the season, we have just begun debating whether Thanksgiving is stupid. Um,
5: but it is.
2: Thank you, Alan. Oh,
5: my God.
2: Alan, you're great. I'm happy that Glaber Torres is performing so well for you.
5: Thanks, Mike. I knew you'd come around.
2: I've always supported I you just, and your team.
4: <laughs> I just want to say, by the way, Alan, that someone out there right now, someone, is very angry at you because you said performance-enhancing drugs take people who are not good and make them good. Somebody out there is saying, "No, those people are already good." I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just no, saying no. that is true. Anyway, um, so I was I was trying to be respectful of of Mike. Huge mistake and <laughs> un, and understanding that Megan probably was not going to be. Um, I was not going to go, I'm not going to go with my three fruit pie solution. So in lieu of that, I'm going to go with the pie crust cookie, um, which I associate with holidays because that's when my mom made pies and you get a pie crust cookie when there's leftover pie crust for making a pie and you roll it out, you roll out the extra pie crust, you put butter and sugar and cinnamon on it. You roll it up in a pinwheel, you slice it up, you bake it. It's the best cookie of the holiday season. Uh, it's better than, it's better than like normal, it's better than most normal cookies. Um, and so my second, uh, pick and my second cookie, uh, of the draft is the pie crust cookie. And I had a wonderful, by the way, I mentioned on Twitter, uh, a couple of weeks ago that I love these cookies and everyone told me the story of the kind that they make in their family.
1: I love this by the way mike is not going to be opposed of course to this. I, I am what are you
2: talking about now. this is insane <laughs> L- like of all, the, of, all of the crazy dead. things that have happened in this draft low-key linda's is the craziest because sugar cookies are it's like it's like basically saying i'd like flavorless ice cream <laughs> and then pie crust cookie which none of the rest of us knew existed until literally this second is a sugar is a different kind of sugar cookie you've taken two kinds of sugar cookies
4: that's not true.
2: What it, what do you add to a pie crust cookie that makes it different from a sugar cookie?
4: A pie crust a pie crust is made differently from a cookie dough. Not
2: that much differently. It's still the same basic ingredients and all you're saying is you add sugar to it.
4: You need to be watching more Great British Bake Off.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. By the way, I thought you would not be that unhappy with it because my understanding of your of your loathing a fruit pro pie. Is not the crust itself, but the fact that there's hot fruit in it and you're basically dressing. Yeah, up but hot that fruit doesn't mean I want to just it. eat
2: the crust with some sugar on it. Like I feel like at this rate, Linda's third pick is gonna be a piece of wonder bread with some powdered <laughs> sugar sprinkled on it.
4: You don't know you, you you don't know it's good. You picked peppermint bark. I don't understand yeah. if you had picked something good. You might have an argument in this situation.
3: What in the, what pe- about our...
4: Peppermint bark is actively bad. Linda, Peppermint Linda, bark is aggressive. Linda,
2: seriously. What about me and what you know of me led you to believe that I was going to pick something good in this draft? <laughs> I mean, what? where did you get that point. notion?
4: That's a good point. That's Linda, good point.
2: I think
0: your team is going to really struggle chemistry-wise, and a lot of it's been your presentation <laughs> here. I, I think you just drafted a shortstop in the first round, and then you went up in the second round Drafted another shortstop and said, I just got the oh. best shortstop of the draft. <laughs> you, you, said it, you said a pie crust cookie is the best cookie of the holiday season <laughs> while your first round pick is just sitting there crushed.
4: It's true. Yeah. It's true. I did I did hear myself say that. And I just but I just want to say, last year I drafted for the team, you know, the group. Yeah. And that's how I got so yelled at. Because Mike thought I was trying to go to war with my team of holiday characters. (laughs) So this year, I decided to just draft individually. I'm just going to take my cookies and leave. (laughs) All
1: right. Alan is supposed to have the next pick, but I'm skipping him because he decided to side with me. um,
2: Let him pick. Let Alan pick.
1: All
5: right. All right, Alan, you get to. All play. right. So you may recall that it was in this round last year that I went with Phil Connors from Groundhog Day, uh, which I still stand by. What? Yeah. But. Uh, I I was thinking of doing something similar here, but then we decided to play for charity, and so I like charity, and I I like doing good things for people. So instead, I'm going to stick with my people's food. I'm going to go with a nice brisket. Uh, You can broil it. You can smoke it. You can serve it sort of any way you want. It's a great thing to have uh, at this holiday time, at other holiday times, if I want to troll and say that it's actually a Fourth of July brisket, I can. But regardless, I I like a nice brisket, and it's available. It's sitting there on the board, and I can't believe nobody else thought to take it.
2: Well, I'll tell you what's happening now is Alan is basically drafting foods where if we criticize him, we seem anti-Semitic. That's what's going on. So it's, it's a brilliant strategy. There's nothing. We literally can't say anything about what he's doing right now because we'd be rightfully accused of anti-Semitism. And I fully support this
1: if only megan was here megan and i could just go after him because we we would have no issues whatsoever but i can't knock a brisket since my mother makes a brisket for every single holiday of the year including like veterans day so um yeah Yeah. good pick there we go all right with with the next pick uh Megan's second round pick.
2: Uh, in perfect Megan Amram fashion, uh, Megan's second pick is cold water. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what she writes is delicious, hydrating, goes with anything. The cold part reminds me of snow.
1: <laughs> Megan's going to win this draft without She's even absolutely
2: being in here. The draft.
1: <laughs> All right, who who out there is ready to criticize cold water? Anybody?
2: You can't. You can't. It's a perfect, it's a perfect <laughs> defensive pick. You, there's nothing bad you can say about cold water.
5: It's my favorite drink. <laughs>
2: yeah, I know. Me too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's it's um it's like human beings' favorite <laughs> drink. All right. The next pick, Nick. Nick, I, I I really would like for you to sum up what we've been seeing here today because it's it's not
4: right.
6: Well, I mean, it just—it just goes to show there's no accounting for taste,
2: hmm.
4: especially not Mike's taste. Um, <clears throat>
6: I, uh, yeah, I mean, and I—I want to say I'm going to maintain a spirit of generosity that I brought into this draft because I, like Linda, I was very tempted to to scream as my first pick, <laughs> hot fruit pie. Yes. Which is a legitimate and substantial, wonderful holiday food, um, but because I bear a great amount of love for your co-host Joe, um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to sidestep that, and I'm gonna and I'm going to say mashed potatoes, and uh, which has already <laughs> been insulted in this draft <laughs> by your co-host Joe. And um, and I just want to say perhaps the preparers of mashed potatoes that anyone who would find them bland or tasteless uh, does not understand the efficacy of garlic, butter, and a bit of sour cream in those well, potatoes. Well,
2: once again, you're making my point. The potatoes aren't actually good. The things you put in the potatoes make them good. That's why it's a bad dish. It's because it's just – it's a base of material – that has no taste and what you actually like about it is garlic and butter. And yeah, of course everybody likes garlic and butter. So without the garlic and butter, the potatoes themselves are, are pointless. It's just a, it's like a, it's like soil. You're arguing for soil. And I'm saying, no, what you, the only thing that makes soil good is like the trees and flowers that grow out of it. Yeah.
1: But those count. Uh, You you, you, don't. Everything, everything that you like want, like this is like your constant argument is that nothing that's that is made as food is allowed to have other ingredients. Like everything has to be exactly what it is or else it can't be selected as a food other than apparently combining the deliciousness of white chocolate with the scrumptiousness of candy. candy. That That has a taste.
2: Mashed potatoes don't have a taste. They like that. Like the the point, what I'm saying is like there are other, uh, look, we're getting deep into my Thanksgiving argument again, but there's literally a kind of meat, called ham that actually has taste you can just eat the ham without pouring all this other stuff into it and it tastes better than turkey why don't we make ham at thanksgiving why isn't it why is it always turkey turkey has no taste and in order to get it to have taste you have to put garlic and butter and then gravy on it that's why i don't understand it i just don't understand He's talking about efficacy. I'm making making an, this is an anti-efficacy argument because there's no, it's, it's the most inefficient meal in the world. It's a giant blob of stuff that has no taste. And then you got to add more stuff to it to give, to make it actually taste good.
1: no, No, You, but that is making the argument that, that you, are, it is, you are deconstructing mashed potatoes. The mashed potatoes that you eat has all of those other things in it. That is what mashed potatoes are. You don't have to say, well, this wouldn't be any good if I took these ingredients out of it. So what? Who cares? We're talking about what mashed potatoes are. I don't understand why you have to deconstruct. If you deconstruct anything to its base, there's nothing there. So I don't understand this deconstruction argument. Of
6: yours.
2: Strongly disagree.
6: I'm just rec- – I'm recovering from you, your uh, you're using soil as an example. Um, apparently, you're not familiar with the teeming <laughs> biome of fungi that exists in soil. That I mean, that is the root of life. It is the manna of the universe. It is from whence we are all born and where to where we will all return. It is It is the most flavorful base in existence then eat it <laughs> <laughs> that's, the I will. that's the comeback to this theological bond of
1: soil and how important it is in our existence is <laughs> then
4: eat it okay ladies and it, gentlemen eat Michael, it it's great. <laughs> i want to wait i want to go back to whether mike are you under the impression that like a big roast ham just comes off the pig that way that it's just like you wait, just so cut it off the you cut it off the pig and it's a ham.
2: <laughs> uh, wait, I'm sorry you you cut out for a second. What are you asking okay. me exactly? Uh,
4: uh, well, you've been talking about how like you have to do things to other things, but a ham is just right there and is already good. I'm just wondering, are you are you under the impression that a ham just comes off the pig as a ham? That it's that they don't do anything to a ham to make it a ham.
2: I'm saying as a base meat, and I'm granted it should be noted I'm a vegetarian. I haven't eaten either turkey or meat in like eight years. Oh my god! <laughs> so, <laughs> but I'm saying as a baseline meat, ham is more flavorful flavorful than turkey. Do you disagree with that statement?
4: You're fine.
1: <laughs> I feel no, like <laughs> no. I disagree with the statement. I'm sorry. I disagree with that. But all right. Really? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I don't like ham. But that's, I mean, look, well, I'm, I'm not asking if you like do. it and saying, does it,
2: doesn't it have more flavor than turkey? That's
1: what you mean by flavor. If it has more flavor, I don't like. Yeah, it has that. I mean, I don't. I don't that's
2: all I'm at. I didn't. The, this isn't an issue of personal taste. This is a this is a question of why we eat tasteless garbage meat on the fourth Thursday of every November <laughs> as a without a, instead of eating a meat that tastes better by itself.
1: <laughs> we can't relitigate this Thanksgiving thing again. You have the sure have we can. You have the last pick in the second round.
2: I'm choosing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'm not kidding. I'm so angry right now. I'm choosing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to make the point that peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are better than every single food that anybody eats at any holiday of any the religious affiliation or nationality or anything else. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are better than all of these foods. And as such, by definition, that means they're better holiday foods than any other food. And I've just won the draft peanut butter and jelly
1: sandwiches totally just lost the draft because it could make the exact argument that white bread is so terrible. You have to add peanut butter and jelly to it in order to make it taste good.
2: Who's using white bread? What kind of monster do you think I am?
1: What kind of, bread? by the way,
2: literally a piece of literally, uh, this is not a joke. A piece of very good, hearty, multi-grain bread tastes way better than mashed potatoes, stuffing or Turkey.
1: Oh yeah. That'll, that's an argument you're going to win all over the place. Um, All right. Peanut butter and jelly. Does anybody have any thoughts on Mike's peanut butter and jelly pick? There you go.
4: I think Mike's, right. just, Mike's just Mike's trolling me because I didn't like when you guys did your sandwich draft and you incorrectly drafted peanut butter and jelly as the first sandwich in the draft and never drafted grilled cheese. That was my first grudge against the podcast. And and, you know, I hold it to this day.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm. I did an event with Linda, delightful, wonderful event with Linda um, uh, about a book. I don't know if any of you know about this. I wrote a book about Harry Houdini and um, we did a lovely event in Washington together. And in the event, she was still holding the grudge about not, not taking grilled cheese in the, in the <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is still very much. Oh, it's, it's alive. It's very much alive. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go with our third round. I, there's so few good choices left on the board. Um, Brandon, after meal replacement, where are you going to go from there?
2: I, can I just say before you answer, I literally can't <laughs> wait to hear what you're about to say. <laughs> I'm so excited right now. This is <laughs> this is the anticipation has ever been higher for any pick in any draft than Brandon's third pick after Duck on Orange and Soylent. Here we go. Okay.
0: Again, I hope, I hope people don't think I'm just catering to Mike, even though I think this might cross with his pass. But I... It's just one cup of uh, decaf black coffee. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. And I, I again, I think it's probably perfect for Mike in that there's no experience to it. There's no enjoyment. And it just helps pass that time until death. So I think it's the perfect thing you're looking for around the holidays after you've got a belly full of, of Soylent Original. And then we can just move on to December 26 and then the rest of our lives.
2: I if Listen, if you had just said a single cup of black coffee i would be so on board but decaf you've got to be kidding me decaf. you can't
0: have an ex- you can't have an experience it, it can't again the same if you want caffeine get it somewhere else like this is you can't you if if mashed potatoes can't deliver gravy to you if nothing else can deliver anything then it just has to be an individual you just have some coffee move on
2: i thought you fully 100% understood me But I feel like now you only like 95% understand me. Because if you had said single cup of black coffee, I would be completely with you. But I cannot ever get on board with decaf coffee ever for any reason. It's a pointless, it's a totally pointless exercise. All right. You almost almost nailed it.
0: (laughs) You would derive too much enjoyment from the caffeine. And I feel like your Spartan sensibilities would not appreciate that.
1: I just want to know how we're going to explain in like less than 17 hours how Brandon's picks would be duck a l'orange, the Soylent meal replacement shake, and one cup of black coffee decaf. Like,
2: um, so here's here's what I think we should do we should uh, eventually we're going to put all of these picks up on Joe's blog and we're going to have people vote on who won the draft. And uh, and and the the we're each going to pick a charity, and and all of us are going to donate to that charity of whoever the fans decide is the winner but I think we should do it in two parts and I think the first part should be that Joe should just put up Brandon's three picks without any explanation and say everyone needs to guess what the topic was for the draft like don't say, was it? Just say, like just can you can you decipher what the topic was from these three picks keeping in mind that he had the first pick in every round and see if it, and if anyone gets it right then we should all give like a thousand dollars to that person's charity of charity.
1: I will do this. I will do this. All right. By the way, Brandon, since we're doing this in the this is our third round, what is going to be your charity? We will explain this fully at the end, but what is your charity? Uh
0: there's a domestic violence charity um called Chrysalis that that we've been involved with for years that uh, I think that would be the choice, but I didn't I didn't know that this was part of it. Again, this has been sort of sprung on me just like that we were drafting foods. So I will I will look harder, but I believe that will be the choice.
1: Well, first of all, it's a great choice, obviously. And second of all, Really responded much better than you did to the food thing. So, so like immediately had like a real awesome charity rather than duck on the ranch. All right. Mike- I also
2: think in the, in the world of the internet, though, it's very possible that Brandon wins this draft because, <laughs> because <laughs> so people are going to vote for it. Yeah, I think I think Brandon's going to win just because of the way that the internet works. So, uh, good Brandon luck, buddy. He's
6: the boat. He's the Bodie McBoat face. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right mike well, descenso first of all do you have a charity in mind it would be great to know what your charity might be
3: i do it's um it's called dimes for down syndrome it, it was uh started by this um girl named judy adams she was 12 when she started collecting um dimes uh for uh down syndrome and uh she was on the tonight show uh at one point with uh tim tebow when i was there and uh just really inspiring so it's a smaller charity but that's that is what i love will it. be um going for
1: love it love it our children are so much better than we are
3: all right uh <laughs> is, what is your
1: third pick uh your third pick for the how uh, just as a reminder the holiday food mm. draft <laughs> so,
4: i i actually i lost my connection for a moment so you have to tell me what mike picked oh
1: i'm Mike, oh. if I oh wait, Mike hasn't picked yet.
2: It's no, Mike Desenzo, uh he hasn't picked
6: yet. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, you you heard Mike Shores' peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yes. Did you, catch,
4: did you catch Brandon's yeah. pick? Uh, yes, I heard Brandon's pick. All right. Well, okay, so, Mike, so you're, you're caught up. up. Okay, I'm, I'm caught up. up. I'm
3: about to. Perfect. Yeah. First, a, a quick thought on ham. It's I feel like ham <laughs> only looks good in cartoons. I've, I've never seen a real life ham that looks as <laughs> appetizing as they do in a cartoon. Ham world. Anyway, that's my thought on ham.
1: <laughs> no, a, it's a it's an excellent point that we be missed. <laughs>
3: For my third and final pick, I am going to go with my favorite cookie of the holiday season. And I will be calling it those peanut butter cookies with the Hershey's kiss on top.
4: Yes. yes. Apparently, they're called
3: peanut butter Ooh. blossoms. Some people call them uh, Santa's nipple. I call them those peanut butter cookies <laughs> with the Hershey kiss on top. They are, my mom makes them every year. I don't know why they only come around in the holidays. They're so good. Like with pumpkin pie, I just enjoy the feeling of them being inside of my mouth, which that is my main standard for food. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just you know peanut butter. It's chocolate in a way that you just don't see that often. So it's – I don't know. It's great. It's a delicious cookie.
1: It's a delicious cookie. It is. It just is. I was a little surprised, though, because – Last year, maybe the last two years, for Christmas, you have sent me
3: the Christmas Crunch. uh, What is that thing called? Christmas morning cereal. It's made by uh, Dominique Ansel, the Cronut guy. That is really good. That is really good. But I feel like not that many people know it. But
1: no, it's true. That's true. But it's delicious. Just, just. If you happen to run across Christmas morning cereal mm-hmm. out there, very, very good. All right. Um, Desenzo,
2: uh let all me right. just say, I don't think you're going to win because you made one fatal error uh, in your planning for this draft, which is that you took it seriously <laughs> and answered truthfully. And I think that's going to hurt you. In Mike Desenzo's drafts
0: are my absolute favorite because he's the St. Louis Cardinals. Everybody else is <laughs> drafting upside down. They're just all over the place. You can tell it's internal fighting. And he just marches to a beat, like a functional pick, a functional pick, a functional pick. I'll see you guys deep in the postseason.
2: Yeah, it's like Desenzo's picks are like, he's in the postseason every year, and you're like, wait, he got those peanut butter cookies? How did he get those? How did he get those? But those were still available? Like, Matt Holiday was just just available at the trade deadline? Did anyone even know that? It's great. It's a perfect analogy. He's the Cardinals. He's
1: the Cardinals. That is so great. It is. All right. Linda, you have the, well, first of all, Linda, do you have a charity that you are playing for?
4: Uh, Yes. I will be asking for everyone to donate to their own local public, public radio station. Oh, there we Uh, go. Ah, excellent. Excellent. Public radio. Great idea.
2: Now, which um, nearly identical sugar cookie are you picking with your third pick?
4: (laughs) I'm not I'm not oh, I'm, got- I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my cue from Brandon and Mike and choose a beverage, but I'm gonna pick a good one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to choose uh, I'm going to choose warm apple cider with booze in it oh,
2: um, wow, which
4: is which is my favorite holiday drink. There is a distillery in Frederick, Maryland, not far from me that makes a thing called. Holiday liquor, um, which is an apple brandy with some cherry and some other uh, things in it. And if you warm up a little thing of Farmer's Market apple cider and you pour some holiday liquor in it, it's probably what I'm going to do right after we hang up from this track. (laughs) That's what the
1: brand you did before.
4: It is sweet. It is comforting. And it is the best smelling thing that you can put in your house Uh, for the holiday season, I have to say, I, I, uh, I had a holiday party and I had a bunch of people over and, uh, you know, all day I was like, do I have enough wine? Do I have enough beer? But I had a pot of, um, hot cider on the stove and everybody walked in the door and was like that. I want that. I went through like a gallon and a half of apple cider for a relatively small group of people. Anyway, uh, hot cider with booze in it.
1: Nick, I'm dying to hear what you think of the hot cider with booze pick.
6: I, I grew up in the Midwest, and I enjoy the winter very much, and, um, and when you're out splitting firewood, which we did a lot of, we heated our home with three wood-burning stoves, wow. uh, and you come in to a warmed uh, sort of delicious beverage of any sort that has alcohol in it. Uh, I give that a big thumbs up. Joe. I thought you would. I thought
1: you would. It sounded. Yeah. It sounded like that. While Linda was describing it, you would want one right now.
6: Yeah, it's some version of the hot toddy, and mm-hmm. it. I, you know, I, I, my people are from the British Isles, and and the weather can be bitter, and uh, and when you come in, it's nice to have that robust, reborative <laughs> cup of cheer. <laughs>
2: Uh, counterpoint. You know what's better than hot cider is cold apple juice.
6: With booze <laughs> in it.
2: No, just cold apple juice. It's better than hot cider because oh, it's God. cold. Apple
6: apple, apple juice. I don't know why you would ever want
0: it? Oh, well, that's the stupidest thing, Mike. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, Brandon finally ran out of patience <laughs> See, that's it. He, he'd had enough
1: he's like dude I drafted coffee for you I'm not going with you know, the apple juice, uh, Mike
0: knows my apple I juice you only bad. have apple juice in the hospital that's it like that's the only time <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> or if you're I mean I think if you're under 7 years old maybe.
2: Yeah. <laughs> with, that's with right. The
4: little straw,
1: that's the only way you're supposed to drink it is with that little I drink. guess I, yeah.
2: yeah. Go ahead. I guess Brandon is right. I I should take my food eating cues from a guy who ritualistically ate at the Cheesecake Factory but mm-hmm. the night before every start.
0: That's, no, that, it was a TGI Fridays <laughs> that was, and that was, <laughs> That wasn't that, that wasn't enjoyment. That was luck based and it worked. A small percentage of the time so i think
1: i was really curious about this how how long of a bad streak did you need as a pitcher to break away from tgi fridays
0: I, There hmm. was i don't think there was any end to it as you can see on the back of my baseball card it was pretty authoritative <laughs> that he was doing something that did not work
2: and you had to correct me if i'm wrong but you had to like sometimes like bust out of a game like the night before you pitch you had to like leave really quickly if you were in a city that only had a tgi fridays like like one that was open and you had to and didn't amanda have to like convince the kitchen to like stay open for you to eat there and stuff
0: yes a number of times and there was in toronto the only one is at the airport and that was the first time that i went away from it in a a number of years because it was like i'm not checking into the airport for this which was 30 minutes outside of town
4: what did you uh what do you what do you like at the tgr I, I broke it
0: years ago i stopped doing it because i realized it was absolute insanity um,
4: <laughs> what did what did you like
0: at it was they're like i think it was like a jack daniels flank steak or jack daniels steak oh yeah with mm-hmm. match with yeah. mashed potatoes and then uh uh the, mm-hmm. the brownie dessert so that was i mean it was still good for what it was but it it brought very little luck and it was a debilitating (laughs) routine.
2: It's like a 3,800 calorie meal or something the night before you have to pitch for three hours.
1: It's exactly what you need in life. It's exactly. Alan, I noticed that you, uh, even you were not willing to go with Mike on the apple juice thing.
5: Uh, No, no. My my son is now nine. He has stopped drinking apple juice for at least two years, so I think that's about right, the estimation there. Um, I just wanted you to say that so he could start hating the Yankees again. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Um... Well, I do appreciate that like everyone's piling on Mike in this podcast instead of me, because that was not fun last year.
2: Yes, it was. I see, I love it. I'm bring it on, man. Come at me. Come at me, bros, comma ladies. All
5: right. So my my last pick is in fact inspired by my son. Um, you know, while while my first two picks were foods, this I'm going with chocolate chip cookies, which you leave out on a plate, uh, you know, by the chimney for Santa. You know, we we're Jewish, but we live in a country that is predominantly not. It's it's a tough thing sometimes on your kids. They get Santa envy. And so in our case, our kids just we let the we let them think that there was a Santa and that he would bring each of them a gift every year around Christmas time. And we would put out the cookies. And then after they went to bed, I would eat the cookies. So it was a nice bonus for me as well. And chocolate chip cookies are always delicious. And we realized we were at the mall with with my son and daughter a couple days ago, and we saw a mall Santa posing for photos with kids. And my son is at the age where I assume he's figured it out by now, but he's playing it kind of cagey. And so he said to me, Dad, uh, if Santa isn't real, can you split the cookies with me? I said, okay, and I will I will wow. do that with you, but wow. only if he's not real, and I will neither confirm nor deny that. So he he has advanced to to a new milestone and is also figuring out good ways to negotiate to get extra sweets, and chocolate chip cookies are also awesome. So there you go. That was cagey.
1: That was cagey yeah. of your son right there. I, I like that. It's sort of playing the, hey, I'm not saying I'm old enough to know. I'm just saying if I am old enough to know. He, I want in on the cookies. Yes, I mean that's. I think that's very, very strong. I like it. I like it a lot, Mike. All right, are you going to rip him for choosing the all awesome American chocolate chip cookies?
2: No, I. I do though want to ask Linda how it feels that Alan took a better <laughs> cookie in the third round than she took in either of the first two.
4: Uh not true. So I mean, for one thing, a chocolate chip cookie is not a not a holiday cookie, but what,
5: um, what did mm, what did you leave <laughs> <make> for Santa, <sale laughs> <to> Linda? <laughs>
1: Yes, yes. I've I've got to give it to Alan. I don't want to side with Alan, but
4: he no, made a didn't,
1: strong Santa connection. I'm sorry, it's there.
4: We didn't. We didn't leave. We didn't leave cookies out for for Santa particularly. It's um, not tipping uh, your server. I, I, wow. I just don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it, it's not a. Uh, it's not a holiday cookie, and you know. You can have a chocolate chip cookie any time of year. I'm talking about the things that I particularly enjoy around the holiday season. And frankly, if it's a chocolate chip cookie or a a mug full of booze, I know which way I'm going.
2: There is a little bit of Phil, the Phil Connor choice in the chocolate chip cookie. It's a stronger connection because of Santa, but there is a little tinge of Phil Connor in Groundhog Day as a holiday character.
1: Look, I'm just glad he didn't take matzah. I honestly thought that's what was coming. I really...
4: You thought it was going to be I thought it was going to be, ca- gonna no, be no. candy corn.
5: Uh, on my original draft board, I had Reese's peanut butter cups for my second pick for Halloween, but then I decided I would I would play by the rules for once mm. and abide by the spirit of things, and I'm sorry for that.
1: Hey, I'm going to just tell you, Alan. By the way, what is your charity, Alan?
5: Oh, uh, the National Foundation for Cancer Research.
1: Cancer research. Excellent. I got to tell you, I think you're a contender. I'm not saying you're going to win, but I'm saying I think you're a contender. What is Megan's third pick there, Mike?
2: Okay, so, um, so Megan's third pick uh, was latkes. Um, uh, so here's, and here's what she wrote, even though Alan already chose them. Here's what she wrote. Mouth-shaped, so very easy to eat. Uh, the oil they're fried in is supposed to signify oppression, and it's always fun when your food has a good origin story. <laughs> but <laughs> she did write a fourth pick. Without any explanation, in in the event one of her picks was taken, and the fourth pick is gelt, uh, the uh, gelt, uh, sure. uh, chocolate, yeah, delicious holiday gelt for uh for Hanukkah. So I she didn't really write an explanation for it, so I can't read anything. But I'll, I guess we'll go with that as her third pick since Alan already took latkes in the first. I got to
1: tell you, that's that's going to hurt her in the overall draft because Hanukkah gelt is gross.
2: yeah,
5: it's it's, like, it's, it's chocolate, it but it, it, it's bad chocolate, it's just
1: terrible right bad it's chocolate bad chocolate in yeah like yeah in like a wrapper that takes longer to to unwrap it than is necessary to eat bad chocolate so yeah
2: and like a bu- uh, most of the chocolate comes off on the, or some of the chocolate <laughs> yes. comes off on the foil wrapper it's it's bad it's a it's a bad, it's a bad choice, choice. But, but i'm
1: wondering about getting your latkes anyway just doubling
6: up on the latkes
2: we could just <laughs> you could just have her choose latkes sure why not
6: can i ask you a quick question uh the so, this chocolate I'm not familiar with. Gelt, uh, is it, it you're telling me it's chocolate with no uh shards of broken candy canes attached to it? <laughs> <laughs> Just perfectly safe chocolate,
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
6: It, it, it or a, it's like a coin, it comes wrapped in
5: foil, it is bland, okay. basic chocolate.
1: It's not even, basic. It's, it's worse than basic chocolate. But, but Nick, what we like to call a uh, chocolate that is not have any candy canes on them, naked chocolate. It's like naked chocolate.
6: Okay. Naked chocolate. Got it.
1: <laughs> Nick, you have the you have the penultimate pick in this disaster of a draft.
6: Well, I mean, in my house, uh, I have d- destroyed this draft. I mean, I <laughs> <laughs> holiday meals are all about stuffing, mashed potatoes, and finally a dish that is my specialty that I'm always required to make for my family that is called corn my way. <laughs> um, for Those of you who have not read my woodworking book, good, clean fun, um, which has the recipe for corn, my way in it. Uh, it's simply a ear of corn that's been gleaned, uh, so that you just have the juice and pulp from the corn kernels simmered down to the consistency of mashed potatoes, a little butter and a little chopped chive for color. Holy cow. You can have it as a side dish or you can serve it as dessert because you can't beat it. It sounds really good. It does sound really, really
1: good. By the way, Nick, what what charity are you uh, are you playing for?
6: I'm going to go with uh, a charity I work with in downtown Los Angeles called Woodworks. W O U L D Works. It's a, a a great nonprofit that helps people on skid row um, get back on their feet through performing labor on woodworking items.
1: Wow, love it! Absolutely love it! Great pick. And corn my way, delicious. Yours is the only one I would say. No, I think you. I think Mike uh, D's as well would be the only one that I could put out there cold, and people would know that I was referring to holiday foods.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's I, two of the eight think, people are identifiably good. Eight, good, a good, good job. <laughs>
1: They'd be, with cranberry sauce, Megan would get there, but cold water would definitely throw them off the uh, off the trail at that point. <laughs> all right, Mike, uh, you have the final pick in our draft. First of all, what is the charity you are playing for, if you know?
2: Uh, the International Rescue Committee, which is an excellent organization that does uh, relief work, refugee work all over the world, founded Amazing. by Einstein, I believe, in the 40s. And uh, they're wonderful. Uh, look them up. It's IRC.org, I think. Uh, they they great, are the great,
1: ones great. we, right? They're the ones we that uh, profits from uh, our t-shirts. That's right. Uh, from
2: the Hotfords' disgusting t-shirts, they get the uh, the share of those profits. Yes. Um, so here's the deal. So I had a joke pick for for my third pick, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read the joke pick, but I'm not actually gonna make this as a pick for my third pick. I was gonna choose uh, Christmas in Sarajevo by the Trans Siberian Orchestra, <laughs> and I was going to say, "What is a more comforting and nourishing holiday snack?" Than an overproduced, overblown, absurd cocktail of traditional holiday music and thunderous, pulsating, <laughs> punishing electric guitar riffs. Uh, but given the fact that we're that uh, this is a holiday food draft, then I have the last pick. I'm actually going to make a real pick that hasn't been chosen yet. Absurdly, which is eggnog, and I'm choosing it Ooh. sincerely. Eggnog is uh, better than hot cider. you <laughs> in it. 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 You can only drink it like a tablespoon yeah, at yeah, a time because it's so sweet and rich and absurd. But you can also spike it with booze and it will mess you up. <laughs> if you drink, if you, you can buy this pre boozed eggnog at at some gro- uh, higher end <laughs> or lower end, I guess, grocery stores, and it will destroy you. Like if you are looking to uh, forget about your holiday time that you're spending with your family or your friends, drink spiked eggnog. It will, it will obliterate you. It's like a, it's like, the, it gives you like the memento. Uh, memory disease where you can't remember anything that happened uh every you black out every eight minutes basically um so if that's your game then then uh, play with the spiked eggnog but in general eggnog which is a thing again you can't drink more than i would say a third of a cup of it because it's too disgusting and, and sweet and rich but given the fact that it only shows up once a year and it is actually a <laughs> holiday food i'm going to choose that with my third pick
4: it's like if you thought that the texture of eating a bowl of mayonnaise would be too pleasant, you would then about right. yeah. drink a large yeah. a no, mug I... of eggnog. That's yeah, it's just, gnarly. That's, said, and it also tastes really so good because it's got a lot of sugar that in it. That stuff is so disgusting. I got to say, dis- I gotta say dis- it's the perfect way to end this draft oh. because really, it's oh my God.
1: utterly
2: gross. Yeah, it's disgusting.
1: And, and, but, but this is like the reason you're picking it and... From from the person who won't even let people put like butter in their mashed potatoes to make it count is immediately telling you you definitely want to spike this and Thank it will really mess you up. Which sounds exactly. by the way like a story to me.
4: Well exactly.
2: You also, I'm also happy to drink it without booze in it.
4: He's saying was, it tastes good because hypocrisy. Because it's a of- such hypocrisy. Are you happy to drink it without a ton of sugar in it? Because that's exactly the same thing as you have to put butter and salt on mashed potatoes or they don't taste good. No,
2: it's not. That's That's how you make. No, that is the thing. The thing is sugar. I'm saying like if you just want to eat butter, go ahead and eat butter.
4: This is exactly what Joe was saying about mashed potatoes, and you said it wasn't. No, right. it's not. Yes, it is. No,
2: the the, the analogous argument with eggnog would be <laughs> just eggs, and, and because the, the like that's eggs are to eggnog what mashed potatoes are to mashed potatoes no, and butter and gravy. No, eggs, so I I wouldn't yeah meat. I wouldn't eat just eggs you, they, eggs.
4: you know what's in eggnog,
2: right? Uh, no, it's like eggs, cream, and sugar, right?
4: yeah i mean but it's not just eggs no, I, don't. I don't anyway go ahead this is this is a this is a comically terrible pick and it has robbed you of all credibility possibly for the rest of your life so congratulations mike do you have your own
2: refrigerator Look, if you want me to go back to, if you want me to go back to choosing christmas and sarajevo i'm happy to do that <laughs> i can make i'm happy i'm happy to make that my third pick because i think that's a pretty strong pick
1: which one has the better chance of getting you uh, getting you like votes on this thing what do you think eggnog or Christmas in Sarajevo
2: Probably by the way isn't it actually Christmas Eve slash Sarajevo it's not Christmas in Sarajevo do you know this? I think it's Christmas Eve slash Sarajevo based on my Google search Is that true or not can we get a ruling from from Brandon do you know
0: yeah it's Christmas Eve slash Sarajevo.
2: There you go. So uh, we've been saying Christmas in Sarajevo, but I think it's, it's Christmas Eve slash Sarajevo. Fine, I'll make that my third pick. I'm happy to do either because either of them is better than every other pick that everyone else made in this entire draft.
6: Nick, how do you feel about eggnog? Well, I mean, you know, uh, a a mug full of soil uh, is also delicious <laughs> if you add a nice single malt scotch to it. Um, <laughs> I'd, I would say Mike has, you know, has revealed himself to be living under an extreme double standard.
1: Uh-huh. You are living a lie, Mike. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Uh-huh.
2: I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. I don't. I don't have any problem being remarkably inconsistent in my absurd food takes.
1: All right. So this is what we're going to do now that we've uh, drafted these things. So we, we, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put everybody's picks on uh, my website, com, and uh, then I'm going to, I don't know how people can uh, vote there. I'm going to probably put it on Twitter at that point <laughs> and have people vote for who uh, who they would like, uh, who they think had the best draft and I'm going to add myself uh, to it uh, so that if people think nobody had a good draft, they can just vote for me. And, uh, and my, my... <laughs> That's <a> great idea.
2: <laughs> that is a wonderful idea because you're going to win. <laughs>
1: And, and my charity is donors choose, uh, which uh, of course helps teachers, uh, run, uh, you know, with, with materials and, and so on, uh, for schools, I, I'm a big, uh, well, big in my own, my own realm of, of, of abilities, uh, supporter of donors choose. And, and I, I can't tell you nothing feels greater than helping, uh, a teacher, uh, with their, with their classroom. So, uh, so I will put myself down as well, and then we'll have people, uh, choose and and what we're all going to do is we're all going to donate a certain amount of money and then the winner will (laughs) be able to donate that cash to um to their charity so it's going to be very very good uh which is it's good that something good is going to come out of this because (laughs) i i mean what's there to say what's is this our worst draft ever you think yeah but we say that after
2: every draft (laughs) you know like it's it's we set a new low standard every time we do, we do this and not just not this group of people. I mean, literally, Joe and I do it and then group of people do it like no matter every draft is worse than the last one. So it's not saying much I mean, to say that this is a, the worst draft. It's ever.
1: amazing that we actually were able to choose like a, a method that. Gets worse every time you do it. I mean, that's
2: yeah. That's, it's cool. <laughs>
1: it's, it's it's such a great thing. All right. Well, we are we are, we are going to end this thing with a one last meaningless thing. But because we have so many people uh, on on this uh, wonderful podcast, uh, you you have, the the key is you have to be right. limited to one sentence in your one last meaningless thing. That is the that is the goal. Is one sentence. One last meaningless thing.
3: It's one last. To end this meaningless thing, we talk about sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible
4: places
3: to go. No hot fruit for Michael, nor Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast, woe! It's one last woe!
1: Just do it in the order of our uh, of our draft. So, Brandon, your first, your you get the one last meaningless thing.
0: Uh, the new tums that they've created that are no longer the chalky discs are delicious and a well, um, just a fantastically received invention. And I couldn't be happier.
1: <laughs> Brandon's one last meaningless thing, which I should probably include in the in in allowing people to uh, to vote is that the new toms are a, a dramatic improvement over the old, old toms? Is that fair to say?
0: Nailed it. That was a better sentence than mine.
1: Yes. <laughs> Any disagreements with the new toms?
3: All right, we're off. <laughs> Mike DeCenzo, you get your one last meaningless thing. Um, sure. Um, children between the ages of two and five are capable of spontaneously recalling past life memories.
1: Wow. That's, that's deep. Ooh, nice. That's- it's not Those seem meaningless. Like, sort of, look at this. You so you so religiously stick to the draft itself. But then on meaningless things, you go right off into meaningful. It's really <laughs> he
2: really blew it. He's thrown it twice now because he he takes it all seriously and tries to do a good job. And that's
1: just a fatal flaw. <laughs> Linda, your one last meaningless thing.
4: Uh my dog has managed to sit next to me and be very well behaved through this entire draft.
1: Wow, that is awesome and wow. meaningless. I love it. Excellent, uh-huh. Alan, you're one last meaningless thing.
5: I'm very excited that the Yankees have apparently signed Garrett Cole.
1: No, 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 no. All right, that's it. Just crossing out all
2: that. That's it. Alan, t- make Alan il- ineligible to win the draft. He's- he's- <laughs>
1: I'm, gonna put a, I'm putting a little asterisk next to your name, and then below I'm going to say ineligible right there.
2: Unbelievable. Unbelievable to end this. You know, we were having a perfectly nice time. We were, we were just a bunch of friends sharing some time together, and then you had to go and do that.
1: <sighs> Boo. Nick, Nick, we have exchanged texts on this. How do you feel about the Yankees getting Garrett Cole? Yeah.
6: Uh, you know, I mean it's par for the course. Uh it means that we, we will all band together for yet another year to to boo the oligarch. <laughs> all right, Nick, you have the uh one last meaningless thing, floor. Uh Bacon requires absolutely nothing to dress it up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: but that's kind of what Mike was saying about ham. Uh, that is true.
6: I, yeah. I, I, I receive anyone, a lot of bacon anyone... in my travels and, and uh, in past years, recent years, people have taken to like dipping it in chocolate and, and making it into cocktails and, and uh, candying it. Um, you just need to cook it and, uh, and <laughs> put it in front of me, please.
1: By the way, this is 100% true. I have been at breakfast now with Nick where he did not order bacon, and yet they gave him bacon. Yeah.
2: yeah. It, it happens with um, Amy Poehler and waffles a lot, too. Like, the, the, <laughs> they, when she goes out to eat, people will just bring her plates of waffles. <laughs> it's kind of nice.
6: Mike Mike did this to us, and it is it is a blessing. But if you talk to my cardiologist, uh a touch of curse to it as well. <laughs>
1: all right Mike sure you get the uh you get the uh floor for the one last meaningless thing
2: well first I want to do one for Megan uh who can't be here um and uh it's one of my favorite favorite Megan Amram stories which is she's a huge Timothy Chalamet fan uh and we were once at an event I don't remember what it was and she saw Timothy Chalamet and uh panicked a little bit and punched him on the shoulder and said love you Timmy (laughs) And then like ran away. It was amazing.
5: Uh,
2: so that's that'll be Megan's one last meaningless thing. Um,
1: that's wonderful
2: for my one last meaningless thing. I would like to read <laughs> from the Wikipedia page for Duck All Orange um, in the 1965 film, That Funny Feeling. Joan, played by Sandra Dee, attempts to cook Duck All Orange for Tom, played by Bobby Darren, Ooh. after he tells her it's his favorite dish. She, she and her roommate, Audrey, Nita Talbot, successfully cook it until Audrey's lit cigarette catches the alcohol-soaked duck on fire. Joan ends up having to order one from a restaurant and then tries to pass it off as her
1: own. <laughs> All right. Does that ring any bells there, uh, Brandon? And any, any, any lit cigarettes in your family ruining duck a l'orange?
0: No, he's just trying to just he's just clowning on my, my family traditions and the way my mother expressed love.
2: But, I'm not I'm just I'm reading a fact. I'm reading a fact from back. a Wikipedia page. That Brandon's Brandon's favorite holiday dish is highly <laughs> flammable.
0: I actually wonder if there's any I'll I'll have to ask my mom about this because in sixty five she would have been she would have been fourteen. So I wanna find out if this somehow like duck all around stuck with her and she's like, Well someday I'm gonna learn to make this dish from this movie that I saw.
1: I'll have Ooh. to ask from
2: Ooh, interesting you, that funny feeling 1965
1: there could, you go that could literally have be like it's like going into your past i love this all right well my one last meaningless thing is is sort of a playoff of last uh, times one last meaningless thing where i made the point that i was upset that greek yogurt was taking over the yogurt world uh so my one last meaningless thing is if if i'm in a restaurant this happened when mike and i and nick were in a restaurant and i order a bagel it is by default I'm ordering a plain bagel. So I don't understand how, like, if you order a bagel in a restaurant where they will suddenly bring you, like, an everything bagel or a bagel with sesame, which I have an intolerance for, or anything else. It seems to me that when you order something simple like a bagel, you are going to get a simple plain bagel. That's, that's my entire point.
2: Interesting. So you think you shouldn't have to say plain. You right. should just say I'd like a bagel and then they should bring you a plain right. bagel. Plain
1: is the default. And then if you want to get something with onion or sesame or, or poppy seed or whatever you want, that's fine. You have to but but you have to say it. They, they don't just automatically choose a flavored cool. bagel for you.
2: I think I agree there with you. We go. See? <laughs> let's end this, let's end this contentious food draft on a note of of harmony i think i'm I think it's I'm not surprising
0: that mike is on board with the plain bagel as a meal
2: <laughs> i'm not saying i want it i don't like plain right. bagels but i would re- much rather have an onion or a sesame seed or a uh, and everything bagel but i just I, I think there's a certain logic to the idea that, the, that when you say bagel, you're starting from right. nothing. You're starting from just bagel and then you have to, if you want one that's more adorned, you have to specify. That's,
1: that's all I'm saying. Think yeah. you, when you order right. a mashed potato, they'll ask you if you want the butter or, or chives or anything else on it. Yeah, just...
2: And you'll say yes because without them, they're inedible.
1: <laughs> See, you couldn't keep the joy going. You couldn't do it. You couldn't keep our happiness going.
2: <laughs> you trolled me. You t- You came at me. I had to
1: push back. All right. So thank you to Brandon. I'm, I'm going to just say thank you to each of you individually, and then you can just say, sure. Brandon. Sure. Thank you, Mike Dicenzo. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Linda, so much for being here. Sure. <laughs> this is the best idea I've ever had. Thank you, Alan.
2: <laughs> oh oh alan uh, megan
1: i will i will accept megan sure for uh, as a proxy from you mike
3: mm-hmm. right. sure
1: thank you nick thanks so much for being here sure <laughs> and mike as always
4: thank you
2: sure <laughs>